0: what I really enjoy is hugging people too long.
1: Oh, oh! just and to see what their reactions. reaction is? Oh, yeah. man.
0: Welcome back to another podcast episode with your host, Jeff and Chad. Jeff, so good to see you this week again. It's nice to see you as well, Chad. Thanks. Uh, everybody else can hear us, but we can see each other. So it's a great time. So we are in the next chapter. Uh, the Five Marks of a Man, and really this chapter is dealing with uh, what I would say is men are team players is how he categorizes this whole section. And within that section, there is, you know, seven different kind of subtopics within that. Um, the idea of men of being team players versus, you know, a solo independent. Um, it kind of like even before this, Jeff, as we were talking, you know, one of the topics you brought up was. You know the people that per that our perception of them is this independent self-sufficient successful person and whether that exists or not and so what are your thoughts on this whole men are team players
1: yeah i i think when you when you first even just hear that title like men are team players i i can't help but think of team in the context of like sport and one of the things I was really grateful for throughout this chapter is it didn't just jump into sport analogy after sport analogy, right? Like it was really looking at different angles of what does it mean to be in a team? And really even the word team gets broken down further into like one-on-one relationship, right? Like, and and having, having a friend, a group of friends that you really align with from a values perspective, from a vision perspective, um, and and someone who's going to hold you accountable to those things that you you know share and value, and it's not friendships based out of circumstance. You know, it's not like your college roommate. It's people that you really align with from a spiritual perspective, from a life um, focus perspective, and I, I think that's a really great way to look at it. And as you were talking about some of those like self independent, you know, world geniuses that we sometimes idolize, you know, like I think of like Elon Musk and Steve jobs and a lot of the stuff that gets talked about, I, I teach in a business school. And so a lot of times students will bring up like how great these business people are and how they want to be like them. Right. And if they could have any mentor in the world, it would be Elon Musk without ever taking the time to figure out, wait, what are his values as a human being? All we see is his work product. And one of the things that I start to wonder sometimes is if they really are as individualistic as sometimes they seem, maybe this gets to in one of the chapters talking about this idea of a wolf pack that often we think of like these alpha males and these wolves and like the strongest one is the best one. uh, And maybe he can live independently off on his own. Well, a lone wolf, outside of a wolf pack dies. They can't team up and get around a prey and take it down and then have dinner. You have to have other wolves in your pack to be successful out in the wilderness. And I think that's probably true too in the world in which we operate, in the world of business, that you really can't be successful without having a group of people. And sometimes those who are off and seem to be kind of on their own, maybe they've been, kicked out of a pack at some point and the, and they actually have a pretty significant wounding and they're overcompensating some of that wounding by trying to make up for it with money. Or maybe they actually have a pack of people behind the scenes that we, we don't even get to see and don't even get to notice. Um, but I don't know. I think I think at least just that starting point is if you want to follow someone, you want someone as a mentor, let's begin with what do they stand for? What are their values? Uh, not, not what are they producing outwardly from a world context what is behind their cape right like i think that's an important thing to be thinking about and and looking at as you decide do i want them as a team member do i want to be on a team with that person
0: well and what i've experienced with leaders of organizations is that oftentimes the one commonality that a lot of them have is how lonely they feel Mm -hmm. and they will address the the difficulty in feeling that loneliness you know, I'm in a network group of uh, 11 other business owners that we meet a couple times a year. And sometimes when, when, when the question is, what do you need from the group? A lot of times is I just need some encouragement and just to know that I'm not alone and that's what they really need. You know, I don't want to feel lonely. I want to have some type of pack. And so in the book it talks about male friendships as a spiritual discipline. And that one I, I underlined oh. and highlighted because it just really stood out to me. I'm like male friendships is a spiritual discipline. I've never heard that or thought about that in that way at all. You know, I'm in plenty of men's groups and men's retreats, and I know the importance of it or I feel the importance of it. Yeah, I um, never thought about it as a spiritual discipline.
1: Yeah, I think the author's uh, viewpoint, Brian Tome, is saying like, hey, if there's one discipline he could give to every man. It would be to choose the right friends and leverage them wisely and he compares that to he would say that's even even over reading the bible even over prayer even over going to physical church and i I think it's a bit of an extreme viewpoint right probably on purpose to recognize like hey this is a gap that we need to fill is this importance of friendship because friendship for friendship's sake It's not going to get you any closer to the goal within those friendships right within that mechanism then you need to be connecting around those things that grow you closer to god things like being willing to break down scripture together being willing to pray for each other being willing to you know go to go to church and experience new lessons and learning and bring that back into your life and discuss them but all of that through the lens of relationship as being the most critical that on your own, you are not going to be able to grow as close to God as you can with others. And that takes me to, you know, like an old Jewish ritual um, still done today of like, how do you interpret uh, scripture? How do you talk about scripture? A lot, a lot of scripture, Back in the day, the way that people would engage with it was someone would read passages out loud, and then people who came to listen to the reading would discuss it for a long time. Uh, and it's called a midrash, like to take one piece of scripture, throw it out, and then really dig into what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? So, you as an individual just reading a piece of scripture, something might come you might feel like oh i think this is what god would say from it but how much more power can there be too to other people who are on the same quest to understand god's teaching looking at his word right and unpacking that at a deeper level and being able to debate discuss and ultimately you know provoke each other encourage each other to To keep digging, right? And to not just take one interpretation and run with it, but instead for it to be the living word and to constantly be something that you can have a dialogue and discussion about, that's where your spirituality is gonna grow. And it can't do that without those relationships.
0: Yeah, I guess what I would avoid is I would avoid ranking what's more important, you know, male friendship <laughs> or church. But I would more think of it, it's, it's one of the necessary ingredients. It's how God made us. And you can see, it obviously all the examples in the Bible, you know, even Jesus had a group of men around him, right? It's not meant to do things alone. Um, and so I would say, yes, I would say it's one of the ingredients. Um, but it's not necessarily, I don't know if I'd well, rank it <laughs> I'd yeah, yeah be so bold to rank it.
1: Sure. Sure, and I, I think you know a lot of the the intent of this entire book is to get you thinking of like where are some of the gaps in the way that we perceive ourselves as men, some of the ways that we interact in the in the society, and a main component of this chapter is about the importance of friendship, in 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 a way that makes it feel like you're part of a team, and I do think you brought up an interesting point too that is different than being a leader. Right, Like being part of a team and being the leader of a team are two very different things. And being a leader absolutely can be very isolating and lonely at times. So even if you find yourself, you're in the leader, a leadership position, who are the other leaders in that similar kind of position that you can be on a team with? Right. So in like my Madeira men's group that we we run, there's about eight to 12 different leaders of groups, depending on what season. There is and, and we try to connect as leaders once a month, once a quarter, to be able to connect and dig dig deeper together because sometimes it can be lonely and it can take a lot of energy and time and effort, right, in that position. And now you've got a group of people who kind of understand that perspective, share common values, goals, and objectives, and we can feel like we are a team and there there, there is a space where we can, you know, grow and rest and play in, in a way that refuels us. And that really connects to the second
0: subsection that he had in the chapter, which is don't boys are passive men are active. And he talks about how much our friendships are around, especially male friendships are around activities, Hmm. right? And it's some shared activity and the shared activity could be, well, we're all leaders of our own business and that's our shared activity. And we get together, but it could be a team from a sports athletic, Standpoint, I know I have every Tuesday night. I it's a board night game, and so I'm playing with fellow nerds on these long format board
1: games. You called it a board night game. I'm pretty sure did that's I? what you, I think. It's I think you probably meant board game night. Is that I right I did? Not a board <laughs> night. Yeah, board game <laughs> night. And uh, you know, because so, yeah, having board nerds. board board nights is a weird. That's a weird game to play. To... <laughs> <laughs> who can be the most who can be the most bored tonight that's the game we're playing I just have too excitement too much excitement <laughs> in my life that
0: I just need a bored tonight um is what's going on there <laughs> so crazy. this this shared activity piece um you know and it, it's interesting like one of the passages he brought up in that chapter was second Samuel 126 and you know it's the whole David and Jonathan story Um, and David saying, you know, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother, you were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of a woman. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, you know, some people try to say, oh, that's so, um, homosexual, you know, or or sexualize these comments all the time. But, you know, the, the idea of some of my male friendships are ridiculously important. And mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't be as bold as to rank my relationship with my wife and the relationship with my friends on which one's more important.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. but they're I think that, that would be issues. that would be good for your marriage not to do so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I do understand that they are so important, um, right. you know, and, and what does that mean?
1: Yeah, I think that a couple elements there of that, like, idea of men like to stand shoulder to shoulder in action together, working on a similar thing, objective, game, um, work, volunteering, whatever it is, like, that's one of the ways that we grow closest together um, is by doing things together, being active, and and that space, too, that, yeah, m- male friendship, I think, is sometimes like, hey, dude, how you doing? Great. How you doing? Good. And then that's the end, right? And then maybe we go play golf, right? Or you to go to an arcade or whatever. And if you're not digging into those spaces too of like, how is your marriage really, right? And and if you're not able to get to that space, you're 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 not really part of the same team. You're not really digging in to that deeper level and and creating the opportunity to grow from each other's examples, stories wisdom. And as you do that, as you actually can have that level of depth of conversation, how are you feeling really right? Like that, those are the spaces where now that relationship is really valuable in your life. Now it's starting to actually get you thinking about different ways that you can approach the world, how you can pursue the kingdom in different ways, how you can improve your marriage, how you can improve the way you're a father with your kids, right? How you can be a better coworker, better leader, right? All of those things can come from That authenticity uh, in relationship.
0: And that really is the next section, which is talking about boys rejecting authority and men respect authority. And even in that case, what you were bringing up is really our need for role models, um, our need for friends to talk to us pretty straight. You know, when they see there's an issue, that they can hold us accountable. And this idea of respecting authority can be really difficult for some people to get their mind around that of like,
1: yeah, you have to come to terms with who are the authorities in your life. You've got a bunch of them. There's a bunch of people, no matter what your position is, that has some level of authority over you. Actual parents, uh, bosses, uh, various different forms of government. You know, I, I don't even know how many different layers of government are between me and the president, right? There's a lot of different people who have some authority over my life. And so where is it you really can, trust and give that authority and there's there's a good debate over is it just the person was elected and so therefore you need to follow them oh i struggle with some of that because what if the person who's been elected doesn't share my values what if i think they're going to lead me further away from my relationship with god then what's my responsibility and and that's a space i need i personally need to do more digging into because it does talk about that stuff in the bible of like hey Give give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's, right? Like if, if Caesar is ruling over you and he wants his money back in taxes, give him the money. And if God is over you and is asking something of you, give to God what he's asking, right? That, that yes, give authority to those in the world who have authority over you. But man, I do, I do have that tension of like, oh, but what if it feels like it's taking me further away from my values? So I, I, I don't have that one sorted out yet. But I do know it's, it's something you got, you have to think about. And just sitting and whining about decisions that were made above you, um, you know, who got elected and who didn't, like that's not going to be fruitful either, right? You can't change the outcome. Um, and so, where, where is that give and take? How, how do you, how do you view those, those spaces? One other piece that might be
0: closer to home is, you know, who's the authority at your church, at your local church? Mm, Yeah. I was reading another book that was just talking about the divisiveness that people kind of create inside some of the churches. And, you know, God put a specific pastor to lead a church there for a certain reason. And, you know, he even talked about how in the Bible, like, the churches didn't all operate exactly the same. Mm. Right? Those that were under uh Paul's influence were different than the other disciples that went out you know they didn't operate exactly the same and so it was interesting thinking about that even within the local church and whether or not you agree with your pastor or not and what are you gonna do with that and you know discussion
1: one of the things that they talk about at the church I go to crossroads is like uh, what are the what are the hills you're gonna die on like there's a lot of different interpretations of different aspects of the Bible, right? And what are the things that hold so true to your core belief? That's like, hey, if my church doesn't agree, doesn't believe this thing, I got to step out because I think that's taking me down the wrong path. That's okay to have some of those rails up some of those boundaries, but you cannot die on every hill. Otherwise, you just constantly be looking for a place to call home. There is no form of team, no form of community, no form of family, no church that everybody agrees with everything all the time, right? So you have to be willing to say, hey, these are the things we are coming around on, right? These are the um, the things we hold true and the other things like we're all human we're going to make mistakes we're going to fail we're going to say things poorly at one point in time and you you can't die on every hill uh and, and abandon the what is um what is great for just you know those smaller those smaller moments in time like sometimes yep you you will be frustrated in any form of team and relationship and community yep that's going to happen uh, and where, what do you do with that how do you move forward mm-hmm
0: well i guess one of the things that maybe connects to the next section then is you know it talks about men being affectionate and emotional and uh we definitely don't see that when people have conflict and dispute (laughs) (laughs) sure
1: yeah and and i guess you know an earlier chapter we talked to or an earlier podcast about like that question of asking other men how are you doing And, and not not just like how you how you doing good great but no like really how are you doing how are you feeling right like that that is meaningful uh to get to that space and i think that's where affection can come from it's like being able to express and emote uh can allow then for that deeper connection to be made to go beyond just that surface of like oh we belong to the same school system you know our kids are on the same soccer team and so therefore we have a relationship well that's you know, as soon as the kids aren't on the same soccer team, you have no more relationship, right? So how do you go a level deeper, connect at that kind of more emotional level so there is some affection, some desire to actually spend time together. I, I've been embarrassed a few times when, I, when my wife says like, hey, do you know when you get around this guy, you get googly eyes? And I'm like, what What are you talking about, woman? You know, <laughs> like, and she's like, no, 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 I don't mean any disrespect. It just, there's something that you seem excited to see this person. And it's like, oh, well, I am excited to get to see that person. And and my wife will really support those relationships. Like when she sees there's shared value and there's some sort of connection, she wants to encourage and create space and time in our calendar for me to be able to connect in that way. (laughs) Do you give them hugs? Because uh, part of the part of the chapter in
0: the book is all about physical affection too like, I see you know the difference between you know are you willing to hold another man's hand and or they say how common kissing would have been to like greet someone in hugs and everything else so
1: Chad, are you saying you want to take this relationship to the next level? Is that what you're well, getting at? <laughs> Sometimes for me because I'm a little
0: sadistic, what I really enjoy is hugging people too long.
1: Oh, oh, just and to see what the reaction is. Oh yeah. man I really uh, no, I, I would say I am a like I will hug you uh, and and that is good right And then that's probably the end of the level of comfort and, and affection when, when I've spent time in India male male friends there absolutely hold hands they put arms around each other right just just sitting and talking they'll be holding hands and that that's a level of uh, discomfort for me that I'm not quite ready to cross the boundaries on um, but I will give you a hug if I see you Chad well next time we're gonna practice holding hands <laughs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna hold my hand for too long just to see how uncomfortable it well, makes a funny, me a funny story about that is I was with my father-in-law in uh, Palm Springs
0: and uh, we were walking down the street and he was pushing the stroller of one of our kids you know nice grandpa and uh, we were going past a lot of uh, specific uh, audience bars. Uh, in this case, it was a lot of uh, gay bars, and so <laughs> I just grabbed his hand and held it oh. for a while. Oh. <laughs> really um, yeah,
1: yeah, that does that does seem like something you would do, just as like a social experiment. What what does this make uh, this other person feel right now? <laughs> yeah, like I
0: don't feel awkward about it. So let's see how awkward you get about it. Um, I, I also it. do really enjoy. Have you ever heard of the Disney Princess Rule? I have no idea what that is i'm very intrigued i do this a lot and people now in in my like immediate social know what it is um the rule when you go to disney is the princess does not stop the hug they have to continue to hug the chill child oh. till the child releases oh interesting now i tell people that i go it's the disney rule you're the prince and i'll just hug them and be like you can't
1: stop till i stop oh <laughs> Interesting, because I, I I do wonder, it'd be nice to, you know, if, if someone from Disney's listening to this, if you could just uh, send us okay, a note. Okay. Because, because I, I do feel like, okay, maybe on the kid's side, I see the value there, the psychological safety you're creating and stuff. But what about the 35-year-old, you know, who's waiting in line by themselves with no kids? <laughs> you know, like, I think maybe... It's probably you, a different rule. Yeah, I think you should be able to let go first. <laughs> and that's all I think is that some of those princesses, you know, that they, they need some safety in there. In, in if their I ever employment. go back to yeah. Disney, I'll go test nope. the theory. Chad, Chad, you're gonna ruin someone's day. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess just make a very memorable story of like there yeah. was this guy. I thought he was with these kids, but then he just hugged me for literally five and a half minutes.
0: <laughs> it was the most amazing thing I've ever had happen to me. That's what <laughs> Um, All right. um well talking about comfortability um yeah, the next section yeah. was actually on boys make each other comfortable men make each
1: other better and that's what i'm doing with my long hogs is i'm making men better <laughs> i don't i don't know if you've read this chapter quite the same way that i did chad um i do think it it also relates pretty closely to the to the one right after that too of like boys tear each other down and men build each other up Mm -hmm. like there there is a theme throughout this chapter of boys are really out for themselves out for their own comfort out for their own laughter like we'll tease you because it's funny right and 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 that's not what we want in building a team we want teammates who are constantly looking at like who are you jeff and how do i get the most Jeff out of you as possible, right? Like how do I help you achieve your goals? What's, what's your motivation? What are your plans in life? And how do I help you get there? That's what a good teammate is doing is there's some empathy involved, right? Like in understanding another person and what they need and helping them get that, get, get to that space. I think way too often our, our male relationships are centered around, um, inside jokes and, you know, nicknames that, aren't really that kind and aren't really that nice. Uh, you know, one funny thing happened at one point, one embarrassing thing, and suddenly like 10 years later, that's that's what the text thread is called now, right? Is Is based on this embarrassing story from 10 years ago. We have to be careful there, right? Like of, yeah, some of those inside jokes can bond us, but at some point we gotta turn the corner to, all right, how might that be making the other person feel? Is that belittling them and making them feel smaller than than I am every time I tease them in that way? How do I move to instead, um, you know, building them up?
0: Yeah, I think the, the question there is what a, what other aspects of your relationship exist? Like if the only thing that exists all the time are these inside jokes and poking, 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 because I've experienced that in groups. Where it's like, ah, oh, I'm done. This, is, if we're just yeah. gonna sit here and give each other crap all the time, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, so I think it, it, it's, you could continue those nicknames and jokes and jest, but I'm sure it's a ratio, right? That needs to exist. There has to be enough of I'm gonna build you up as a better man, so that yeah. in other moments we can fun and joke, and that's great.
1: You know, and I, I'm around, I'm around college students most of my week. And I remember, you know, my college friendships were not about us having really meaningful conversations, building each other up. It was mostly, you know, going out and figuring out when can we go drinking, making fun of each other. And, and what's interesting is like a lot of those relationships have not, have not stayed over time. Right. Like when I started having kids and getting married and all all those different life stages and realizing like wait a lot of these relationships were just founded on fluff and like i still enjoy seeing them we still have all these memories but it's not i don't know it's not like actually getting me anywhere further in my life it's just about remembering what had happened now 20 years ago Uh, and that's that's not something that's gonna you know create this this team environment and not going to help move myself further right it's more about like looking back to the past than it is looking forward
0: yeah a quick example is actually our our last conversation jeff you know we talked about and i think this is why i really enjoy doing this podcast with you because it, it is one activity that we're doing together that we're diving into topics that are that lead to meaningful conversation Mm -hmm. and so like one of the things that you said the last time we recorded a podcast was about the story about your dad and your tuba practice and whether (laughs) or not he would sign off that you actually practiced the tuba even though he'd never heard the tuba in your house ever yeah Um, right yeah what's amazing is the next day I looked at my my youngest he's eight I looked at his school folder that I sign every day there's nothing ever in it like (sighs) yeah his homework or anything but at the top is it's typed into it so it's permanently on every page read 20 minutes mm. and I was like oh shoot I mean I guess I'm saying <laughs> this indicating to the teacher that he's reading 20 minutes a day yeah. now I have no he's super smart he reads really really well there's probably yeah. no issue with him not signing that off but then at night I was like hey buddy I can't sign your folder tomorrow and He said why I said, "Well, <laughs> because it says that you read twenty minutes a day and then that would mean I'm lying to your teacher and one of our family values is honesty. Oh. And he's like, Oh, well, could could you just uh could you just change it to like ten minutes? And I was like <laughs> or if I read ten minutes, could you sign it? And I said, Well, I'd have to cross it out and put ten minutes. He goes, uh <laughs> Um and he just like it was like this whole like little mini negotiating battle that he had with me um and what's crazy is then he went to go get his book he's like i'm gonna go read right now and then he ended up like reading
1: for 40 minutes and now yeah. since then he's
0: he's read like three books uh, oh my gosh.
1: um well so, and i, and I love that good, there was an option for him to consider which is like yes you can read for 10 minutes i will just need to be honest with the teacher which may or may not have any negative outcome right like i think a lot of times the, the teacher would appreciate some of that honesty of like you could probably sign and say uh but no reading today right like and okay right like that is better than just glossing over and then that teacher has no awareness of what's actually happening right it's not serving any value to that person's so man that's awesome to be able to call back to like if this is one of our family values and i don't feel comfortable right like breaking that what what an amazing conversation
0: But the important piece here in this connection is it came from our conversation, Mm. right? So you being someone that I I do give authority in my conversations in my life with you through this shared activity, right, made me better and made me question and think about something that I think makes me better. And then in the end makes my son better. So
1: man, that's powerful. Yeah, and I think that's probably what we assume anyone listening to this podcast is after is right, like you're trying to get to know us, you're trying to figure out, do I give these guys any authority with what they're saying? And maybe these stories then spark a bit of inspiration for you to do something differently in your life. I think that's what that's what success looks like out of putting this time in each week and talking through these concepts is also, you know, I may not be able to see you right now who's listening to this. Uh, but I really care about about you. And I want you to be thinking about how do these principles apply to your life? And, you know, how do you how do you grow from this experience?
0: Yeah. Well, the very last section we can end on here is the last section, just this piece of the book, which is boys live to play and men play to live. Um, And I, you know, I hadn't I didn't dive deep into this section before we even got on here. And so Jeff, talk about that section and what that-
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even just the way it's phrased for me was a little confusing. All right, boys live to play, men play to live. And as I was digging in, I was a little confused because it kept talking about how powerful play is and the importance of play and what it does for you. And I realized by the time I got done reading that section, oh, they're recognizing that play has a purpose. Play is for something and it is for your life. It is not what life is about. And sometimes we get confused when we work for the weekend. We are confusing the whole point, right? Like we need the weekend. We need rest. We, we need recovery. God wants us to enjoy this life. Absolutely. But it's a so that what? It doesn't end with enjoy life otherwise we would all be fat and round and just sit sitting sit and eat I, man i would eat so much pizza if that was the whole point of life right it's it's now do something with that rest do something with that recovery that you've experienced from that purposeful play do something with those relationships you've built by being on a softball team you know by meeting someone out and playing tennis with them and you go and you have a happy hour afterwards use that as a moment to dig deeper, to ask them about their life and how they're feeling. The play serves a purpose to your life. Life is not so that you can play end of story.
0: Where where that comes to mind for me is how my wife and I have talked about it is, is it something that's giving you rejuvenation or is it something that's just giving you escape? Ooh, yeah. Um, and so that's been a conversation of, you know, are you doing this just because you're trying to escape the stresses, which isn't really, according to this chapter, right? The purpose of play, the purpose of play would be to rejuvenate you. Right? It's about obviously the Sabbath and taking rest and allowing that rest to be able to get back into the game of life, right? And, and fulfill your purposes that are in that arena, you know, when you go to work. And so that's how we've been looking at it is that rejuvenation versus escapism
1: yeah i think that that's a good lens of like hey where are the areas that you might classify as play right now in your life and if you're being honest which of them feel like man i've got more energy when i'm done versus it was just a pause button versus it was just okay life got to stop for a second i did this thing and now life begins again but there was no real change. There was no real feeling of I feel recovered. Now I'm ready for the day. I'm ready for the week. Right? I think that's a really important thing to think through.
0: Well, and I think the other aspect that some people might deal with is still the overscheduledness and play, you know, I'm starting to get back into indoor soccer and to play around that. And the question was, well, is this going to create more stress by having one more thing on the calendar? And so even that would take away the purpose of play if if it's stressful. Yeah.
1: Right. It might fit. It might fit that first question of like, no, this does rejuvenate me, right? Like it gives me energy. But if you look at the calendar right now, like we're going into a season where my two oldest girls are in track and there were, there are three meets this week, you know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Uh, it doesn't really matter what play things I want to do this week. If it's a Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday, it's a lower priority, right? Like I'm going to give my time to go in and watch my kids, um, in this case. And I'm going to sit next to my wife and try to have meaningful conversation there. And so you have to think about if it's like, if it's going to be an ask of like, Hey, honey, I'm not going to be able to make the the track meet tonight because I'm going to go play poker. Right? Like, Ooh, you get, you get in my, in my marriage, I get one of those every other month right? Like of the, okay, but it, it better be worth it. <laughs> you know, like, like I, like that's, that's probably about the ratio and, and Kristen will give me those, but if it was every week, we'd have some serious problems like where i am you know bouncing from another responsibility and doing something that's purely just for me an individual now if it's with a now if it's with a guy that i get googly eyes with right, she's more <laughs> likely she's more likely to support it because she wants that relationship to grow um, but still right you have to factor it into the reality of of life and where your other priorities are that are not just related to male friendship and creating that sense of team So I've got, I've got a few questions kind of just to close things out. So like one of them is thinking about right now, do you feel more like a lone wolf or do you feel like you're part of a pack? And if you're feeling on that perspective of like, man, there's a lot of stuff I'm just kind of out there doing on my own. Maybe take that one step, invite someone in to the next time that you're going to fix your car, invite someone in the next time you're going to go fishing. Right? Like, start to think about where can you build some of those relationships and be authentic. Uh, Another one is too, is like, when was the last time you really let your guard down and truly shared how you were feeling, what emotions you were experiencing? So maybe take an opportunity when someone says, hey, how are you doing? Don't just start unloading, right? But instead say like, hey, are, are you, are you really asking? Right. That's an OK question to ask because they might not be. Oh, no, I, I, it just kind of came out. Sorry, I got to get going. Right. That's OK. But if someone does say, like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, are you, you really asking? Are you curious? Like, yeah, I got I got some time. Right. Practice it. Right. Start to share. Um, think about who has ultimate authority in your life probably if you're listening to this podcast you're starting to or have already made the decision that that god is an ultimate authority find other men who line up with that same belief and and think of them as trusted advisors right as opposed to just college buddies who may not follow the same authority that you do um, and and who is someone you maybe need to grant what might be called by Brian Thomas, like a hunting license in your life, like that's somebody that can snipe certain things and say things and like, hey, you're getting off track here, Chad, I, ha- I hate to tell you, but that conversation you just had with your son, you messed up, right? And And that is an okay conversation to have, but it takes relationship, it takes intent, and it has to be a two-way street it can't just be one person constantly saying what you're doing wrong or it will completely deteriorate. So a lot of things to think about from this chapter, but I'd encourage you, you know, grab one thing from this and think about, yeah, how how might I modify the way I interact uh, with one of my friends this next week? That's great.
0: Well, thanks, Jeff, for wrapping that up. Really appreciate it. And thanks for everyone listening to another episode of Behind the Cape.